We're going to get into the Word of God. And I know that Wednesday nights has been labeled prayer school for now. And we probably will pray, you know, but we also hear we're just led. We're led in what we teach and how the order of the service goes and all of those different things. But for a while now, I have had this old hymn rolling around in my heart. And the hymn is Wonderful Peace. And I'm not going to sing it. PT and the team's going to sing it at the end. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But this is just some of the words to it. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever I pray in phantomless billows of love. And one of the choruses says this, I am resting tonight. Anybody know this? I am resting tonight. Oh, man, am I the only old Pentecostal person in here? (laughs) Anybody else know this? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How many of you have heard this hymn? Wonderful peace. Okay, good, good, good. Peace, peace. I know I'm in the right place now. I got folks with me. I'm not, I don't want to be up here all by myself getting happy over this song. Hallelujah. One of the choruses says this, I am resting tonight in this wonderful peace, resting sweetly in Jesus control. Oh, there we go. For I'm kept from all danger by night and by day and his glory is flooding my soul. And I don't know, you know, sometimes I wake up with a song in my heart or just something rolling around, a verse rolling around in my heart. And this has been rolling around in my heart for days. And I don't know if it was just for me, but hey, you're going to get to get in on what the Lord's been dealing with me about. Anybody in here could use some more peace, wonderful peace to be reminded of how awesome our Prince of Peace is in our life. There's so much going on in our world, and we're not going to magnify that. We know what's happening in our world. We know that there's trouble here, and there's trouble there. And we, I mean, we just think about even what Jesus said. And he was talking, of course, to the Jews and what was going to be going on in the tribulation. But he said there was going to be wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and might as well say plagues and all of these things would be happening at the end of the age and that's really where we're at we're like pre-trib right now really and that's what's going on in our world but he also did not leave us without good good hope and he did not tell us to concentrate and look at all these things going on in our world. He said over in John chapter 14, in the first verse, and we'll look at more verses later on. But here in verse 1, this is just good for us to remember. This is Jesus. And he was talking directly to his disciples before he ascended and went back to heaven. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. That's a good word right there. Let not your heart be troubled. 
You believe in God? Believe also in me. How many of you believe in God? How many of you are believers? Born again. Well, then we don't have to be overcome with the trouble and the anxiety and the fear that is running rampant in our world today. We can have peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. As believers, we know that there are two kinds of peace that we have. The first is that we have the peace with God. Peace with God. What does that mean? Well, that means that if you're born again, you are in right relationship with our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And you have the peace of God that if something were to happen, you know, God forbid, but, you know, if you were to go home to be with the Lord tonight, you got the peace of God that you would immediately be in the presence of the Lord. There's no other peace greater than that peace of knowing that Jesus is our Lord and heaven is our home and we're not forever going to be on this earth, but soon and very soon we're going to see the King. Hallelujah. Because we are at peace with Him. But we also have the peace of God. And that kind of a peace is everything's going to be okay because my Father loves me. And I love him. And he's given me victory to walk in in this life and in this world. Amen? Amen. So we're well aware where our peace comes from. We just read it. We quoted it in that song. Coming down from the Father above. It's not coming from out here. Not coming from what's going on in the world. It's coming from him. And Jesus, our Lord, one of his names that the Father ascribed to him is the Prince of Peace. We're celebrating the holiday of Christmas right now. We're in the Christmas season. So let's just look at this wonderful passage in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and verse 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. Now read these words with me. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of peace. Glory to God. Jesus doesn't just give us peace. He's the author of it. He is the prince of peace. That's one of his names. Glory to God. And I like how it said here, the government will be upon his shoulders. And in verse 7, just the first part of verse 7, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So regardless of what political party is in office, we have the same Lord Jesus. And the Prince of Peace will always be the one who is ruling and reigning in our life. 
Our Prince of Peace is the one who governs our life. And it says the government shall be upon his shoulders. We don't look to a man. We don't look to a political party. Our eyes are upon him. Hallelujah. To keep us. To bless us. To provide for us. To protect us. To watch over our affairs and the affairs of our nation. You and I are not just citizens of the United States of America or wherever country you're from. Our true citizenship is in the kingdom of God. That's where we rule and reign from. That's how we live. We live under the rule and the reign of heaven. Hallelujah. Our homeland. Praise the Lord. That makes me happy. And we know that Jesus didn't say that while we're here on the earth, that we're never going to face any difficulties. That's why he said, let not your heart be troubled. He knew trouble was going to come. But he did always promise there would be peace. Jesus himself went on to describe the very peace that he, the Prince of Peace, brings into the life of the believer Let's look again at John chapter 14, but this time verse 27, and we're going to look out the Amplified. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he goes on and he says it again. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. This was one of the last teachings that Jesus gave to his precious disciples before he left this earth. And he's telling them, he's giving them some clues. And he's telling them the importance of living in peace. And he's saying, I'm the author of it. And I am giving this to you. And then he said to them, don't let your hearts be disturbed and unsettled. We are living in unsettling times. There's no question about that. But we can be settled in unsettled times. We can be like it's described in Psalms 112. The man whose heart is fixed, established, trusting in the Lord. One translation says settled. We're settled down on a sure foundation. And that sure foundation is the word of God. And we are forever connected to the prince of peace. So we don't have to be, what does it say? Disturbed and agitated and upset during this time. And right now, you know, Christmas season, it might be a little bit different. The last two years have been different, but there's still people out there that are shopping and there's still going to be some long lines at the grocery store, or there's still going to be that waiter or waitress that, you know, maybe is not doing a great job and they have an 
attitude. And so, you know, it kind of you, or I shared this. We're going to be having a wonderful prayer encounter tomorrow. We pre-recorded it yesterday, but there's, uh, there's other kind of things that will agitate you and disturb you. And one thing that really bothers me are line cutters. I don't know. I mean, I'm not just, I'm not so much. I live by the rules and the regulations. You know, it's okay. Bend the rules a little, but I just get so agitated. And now when you go like to a grocery store or something and they have the little six feet markers. So you're way down the, the aisle and somebody just walks up in front of three or four people and acts like they can just go ahead of you. And I don't know, I must be the line police because I usually say, excuse me, (laughs) the line is there, you know, but things like that. I don't want to lose my peace over it, but whatever it is that agitates you, sometimes I do have to repent because I get agitated. Has anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, we got a witness. Okay, good. Again, I don't want to be left up here by myself. Y'all know that old hymn. So, you know, I'm hanging out my laundry here. Or, you know, there's rude people on the phone. That's another one that can really get you. And then you say, I'm not interested. And they keep calling back. Ooh. Well, we're not, we're just gonna, we just need to move along there. Or how about this time of year, if you get together with relatives that you only see, maybe this time of year, once a year, and you, there's always that one Aunt Jo, Aunt Jo. That would really be bad, but Aunt Joanne and Uncle Joe will say that. Somebody that pushes your buttons and they just always try to get you going and get you pulled in to this conversation that's not going to end well and not be peaceable. And so sometimes, you know, we have the attitude, I need to give them a piece of my mind. But let me just give you a word of wisdom. Keep every piece that you have. You will need it. Don't give them a piece of your mind. Hold on to all of it. And then again, you know, things that can be tempted to stress us out and rob us of our peace. I guess we got off on that. I didn't mean to, but we're, I guess we're talking about peace robbers. Peace robbers. And they're out there, aren't they? But we're not going to, not going to let them have our peace. I heard something this kind of funny recently on one of our prayer encounters, one of our minister friends, we were talking along these lines of peace and I said something about being stressed and I'd never seen this. Maybe you haven't either. She said, well, did you know that stress spelled backwards spells desserts? (laughs) Aren't y'all glad you came tonight? I'm getting you some higher revelation here. I've never seen that either. Stress spelled backwards spells desserts. So is that why at Christmas time we eat so many cookies and candies and desserts of all kinds? You know, we start acting like we are Santa's elves. I love that movie Elf. And here is a pop quiz. Do you know what the four food groups are? For elves. Candy. Candy canes. 
candy corn, and syrup. <laughs> if you watch that movie, that's basically what he eats. Anyway, we're not going to be so stressed that we're going to start eating like elves, right? I'm all for good food, great mind, great, I mean, meals, great meals together, all of that stuff. But none of that, people, food, shopping, whatever it is, none of that is the answer to us walking in peace. This peace that he came to give is not in this world. It is in him. Now, John 14, 27. We better get back in the word. I was, I don't know where we were, but a little bit of fun. John 14, 27, out of the passion This is great. It says, I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. And I love how this reads. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world. But my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. When I read that, that word fragile just popped up at me. We've seen how fragile the peace of this world is. If you are looking and people have looking for peace in all of the wrong places, maybe in relationships with certain people, maybe they're putting their peace And their hope in what politicians say. That's a bad place to put it. Or maybe in their careers or in their bank account or their investments or their savings account. If we look to those things to give us peace, we will be disappointed. Because all of those situations can change instantly. The peace of this world is fragile. That means it can easily be broken. You know, if you have a package that you want to send somebody and maybe it's a vase, it's glass or something, they put it all over the box. Fragile. Because it means you need to handle it with care because it'll break easily. So that's how the peace of this world is. But that's not what you and I have. Glory to God We have Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And this peace is strong. This peace is enduring. This peace is everlasting. And it doesn't come from out here. It comes from Him. And it comes on the inside of us when we receive Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. And once we have received Him, peace, peace. Wonderful peace is in here, inside of us. And then we have a choice. Are we going to walk in that peace or not? This wonderful peace is just like everything that's been handed to us in the kingdom of God. It's conditional. He's given it. It's available. But then we have our part to play, to enjoy it and live in it. Another great scripture is Isaiah chapter 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in 
you. You will notice that phrase, perfect peace. And in the original Hebrew, it literally says, peace, peace, double peace. And peace, that word there is shalom, shalom, which literally means nothing broken, nothing missing. Hallelujah. That's what he has given to us. Shalom, shalom, nothing missing in your life, nothing broken. Hallelujah. Wholeness in every single area, wholeness in your body, wholeness in your spirit, wholeness in your mind. Hallelujah. Peace, peace. Peace, wonderful peace. And the condition of us enjoying this is laid out here. He said, whose mind is stayed on him. Not consumed with the problem. Not overcome with what's going on in your family or in the world around us. People getting all anxious. However, how are we going to make it? How are we going to have a Christmas? How are we going to buy gifts? Thinking about all of these things. Getting their minds so busy at night that they can't sleep because they're fretting and they're worrying. That's not keeping your mind stayed on him. Every one of us have marvelous opportunities to have our mind go down those pathways that are not peaceful. But we have a choice. And when those thoughts begin to come, we can either resist them or we can assist them by taking them and meditating on them. Our spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagin, he used to say this, we can't do anything about the birds flying above our head, but we certainly can keep them from building a nest in our hair. If a bird tries to land on your head, you're not going to just say, oh, look at that cute little bird. No, you're going to do everything you can to keep it off of your head. And we ought to take that same attitude with thoughts that disturb our peace. That thoughts that bring fear and anxiety. Don't just bed down with them and say, okay, I'm going to take that thought. Oh, yeah, you're right, devil. That, oh, I should be worried about that. You're, yeah, that's exactly right. I should be fearful about that. No, what do we do? We resist those thoughts. We resist the devil and he will flee from us. And we also do our part in not meditating on and not looking at things and not reading things that will assist fear getting a stronghold in our lives. Some people say, well, you know, I can watch these horror movies or I can watch this horrible thing and it won't affect me. Oh, yes, it will. Our eyes are an eye gate that go right to our heart. I always think about a little song that we sang in Sunday school. This is old hymn and old Sunday school night, I guess. But be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above looking down in tender love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Don't allow your ears to be somebody else's garbage pail. That they're just dumping junk into your ears. No, put a stop on that. He he hears what you hear. He sees what you see. And if it's not producing peace, don't 
go there. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. It doesn't produce peace. And then he went on and he said here, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And also because he trusts in him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Give him all of you. Spirit, soul, and body. But trust him. Lean on the everlasting arms. He'll never let you fall. If you'll just lean back in his love and you will trust him in all your days and in all of your ways. And then we have to follow after peace. We, yeah, we have to pursue it. First Peter 3, 11 in the Amplified says this. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. There's wickedness out there. I mean, I could be a holiness preacher if I really tried, but there really is wickedness out there. And we're not to be wrapped up in the spirit of this world. We're to influence the world for God. Don't let the world influence us and pull us into their ways. He said we need to turn away from wickedness. We need to shun it. Let him do right. Let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions and moral conflicts. Seek it eagerly. Do not merely desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow men, and with yourself. It may said it a while ago, but pursue. Go after them. If we want to live and stay in peace, we need to be in hot pursuit of peace. We need to do what is right. Like he said, shun these other things. Don't merely and lightly, casually desire peace, but eagerly and earnestly pursue it and do what's necessary to stay in it. Has anyone in here, and I don't want to ask for a show of hands, anyone in here ever pursued a person? Hopefully, your mate. Y'all know Mark and I's story, Pastor Mark and I's story, but we met at Rhema in 1976. And, uh, you know, we met before school even started. It was God-ordained. I lived in an apartment upstairs. He moved into the apartment downstairs, and he moved in first. And when I moved in, the landlord said, you might want to check on that young man living downstairs. I don't think he has a car. I don't think he had moved in any any furniture. I just saw a few boxes. So anyway, it was a divine appointment. Of course, I knocked on the door and the rest is history. But the version, we have different versions of our romance. He says, I chased him. I say, he wasn't running very fast. So I guess we're both right. But pursue literally does mean to chase. It means to follow in order to catch. 
Well, thank God that Pastor Mark was smart enough to get caught. (laughs) And once I caught him, he definitely was a keeper. Some people chase a person until they catch them, and then they wish they could throw them back. (laughs) Never had that thought. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed. We're going to be celebrating 45 years. I can't hardly believe it. 45 years of marriage this July. But thank God, if you can pursue a person, how much more should we pursue God? We ought to be God chasers. We ought to be following after him with all of our heart. Chasing after him and just, Lord, I got to have you. I got to have more of you in all of the affairs of our life, in all of our decisions. We need to pray. We need to obey and we need to follow after peace. He keeps us in perfect peace, but we have to be led and follow that peace. If we are consistently overriding those checks on the inside of us, you know what begins to happen? We don't hear clearly anymore. If he says, says, you know, don't go there and don't do that, and we just override it and we do that anyway, then we're going to find ourselves in difficult situations. And many people have done that. They've overridden those warnings. They've overridden those checks. They've overridden their peace being pursued. And they went ahead and went somewhere or did something. And then maybe an accident or whatever happened. And then why did God let that happen to me? Well, God was trying to warn them the whole time. We have to follow after peace. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But we've known of incidents again. Brother Hagin, our spiritual father, he told an account of this pastor and his wife. And they were getting ready to go on a trip. They had the car all loaded up. And the man kept getting in his heart, wait 10 minutes. But he said to his wife, there's something saying to me, wait 10 minutes. But you know, we're on a schedule and let's just pray. They pled the blood over the car. They prayed, asked for protection, got in their car. They'd been on the road less than five minutes. Somebody hit them as a horrible accident. The wife almost died. And he was like, God, we spoke your word. We prayed. And it was through Brother Hagin that he got his answer. And Brother Hagin said, did you have any kind of warning? Did you have any kind of check? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, I kept here and wait 10 minutes. So when we get these things on the inside of us, you know, you can't just slough that off. Follow after peace and listen to what he's saying on the inside. Don't override that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. He knows what's out ahead and he will protect us and he will keep us but we have to walk with him we have to listen to him we have to hear we have to pray and obey follow after peace and you will stay 
protected. If you find yourself always being disturbed and agitated and anxious, worried and fearful, then I would say it's a sure sign that you need to check on the inside and see who's calling the shots. What's happening on the inside of your heart? Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Y'all don't get too sad. This is going to end happy. Colossians 3, 15 in the Amplified says, And let the peace, so harmony, which comes from Christ, rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state hallelujah let peace be the umpire in our lives let peace settle the issue let peace call the shots the holy spirit on the inside of us he sees things that we don't see He knows things about the future that we don't know. What does an umpire do in the natural? You know, I'm not a big sports fan, or I don't know that much about it, but I do go to some baseball games, and I know the umpire is the one that does strike. How does an out go? You're out. You're out. Or they're safe. Well, the Holy Ghost is our umpire. And He's the one when these thoughts come that are against the Word of God. He's the one that will go, Out! Cast it out! Don't take it. Or this wonderful thought of how much Jesus loves you. Safe! Meditate on that one. Take that thought. Don't take the others. And it's not a good thing to argue with the umpire. Seen players that argue with the umpire or coaches and they get out. Sometimes they get thrown out of the game. We have an umpire. His name's the Holy Spirit. And he operates through peace. And let's let him call the shots in our life. Now I sense today as I was praying. And you know, I don't know everybody that's part here in the sanctuary or watching online we have more people probably watching online but someone is in the midst of making major decisions and i could just see like somebody sitting down and almost making a pro and a con list maybe some of you have done that well here's the pros if i take this job if i move to this place there's the pros and here's the cons Well, it's about even, even. So let me think of one more good thing. One more pro. Let's go with the pros because there's one more pro instead of calm. No, that's not the way to make a decision. Don't lean to your own understanding. The answers that we all need will never be found in our head. They're all here in our heart. The Prince of Peace, where he resides. So I saw someone like fretting over this decision. And this is the scripture that I want to give you. We're just about done here. 
Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, but I want to read it out of the Passion. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Lay it out there. Lord, I'm feeling pulled this direction. Lord, I don't know if I should do that or, or do this. Just open up your heart. Lay it out there before Him. And then this is what you look for. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. God's peace, His wonderful peace, doesn't come from people, doesn't come from outside influences, doesn't come from a a salary, it doesn't come from a home. It doesn't come from, well, if we move there, we can have a nicer house. It doesn't come from any of that. His wonderful peace comes into our hearts and settles the issue. I love how it says that. We'll make the answers known. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Think that's enough. So, Pastor Tom, if you and the whoever's going to help you with that could come. We are going to spend some time praying, but before we pray, I just sense that we just need to continue to charge this atmosphere with the peace of God. There's various kinds of anointing. And you know that I love to rejoice and laugh and run and skip and hop and whatever. We had a stem winder on Sunday. It was awesome. Great. But there's different kinds of anointings. And tonight what I sensed, and I know it's the Holy Spirit because this isn't really my strong bent, but tonight what I sensed was that we just need to be in his presence and that there's people here that you just need an infusion of peace 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 and I heard this in my heart as I was getting ready just sitting in the presence of the Lord peace and quiet is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength Doesn't the Bible say in Isaiah chapter 40? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their what? Strength. Shall mount up like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I know there's people in here in the natural. I know there's people that have been through a tough season. Looking there at Andre and Tracy. And I admire you guys just hanging Pushing into God. That's what you're doing. It's evident. Pressing into God. 
His peace is on you. Different ones. I know the situations in your lives. But we need to just wait on Him. We need to just be in His presence. And not thinking about, well, I need to pray for this one. I need to minister to that one. You know, you can't give what you don't have. And we just need to have Him saturate us tonight so we can rise up. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. So if you know this, you can sing it with Pastor Tom and good, the girls know it too. Or just lift your hands and listen and worship Him. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you all stand? isn't disturbed but you know what you can just take another big infusion of peace take another big infusion of peace with the intent of being a peacemaker with the intent of being a carrier of God's peace oh you're going to meet somebody you're going to see somebody even maybe before you get home tonight that's going to need some peace oh so take it now take it now drink in lift up your hands Oh, peace, peace, <laughs> peace and calm to your people in the mighty name of Jesus. The peace of God that passeth all understanding. May it garrison about your hearts and your minds. Oh, the strength, the strength that comes from being at peace. Oh, glory be to God. Woo, shalom, shalom. Shalom to you. Shalom to you and your household. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Wholeness. Wholeness. In the mighty name of Jesus. You have something? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, praise the Lord. I don't not sure if this is for anybody in the house but it could be for somebody that's watching online you all know the uh, phrase behind the eight ball you know sometimes people put a person in a position where they have control over them and it causes a lot of fear I'm talking about relationships and uh, I think that's just something we just need to take authority over it's abuse is what it is and now uh, someone may 
even in the house, be experiencing an abusive relationship. And they kind of have you, if you will, behind the eight ball because they carry the purse and all that kind of stuff. So we bind that right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against that right now. That evil influence operating through that person. We take our place, we take our dominion, and we put a stop on it right now in the name of Jesus. Raise your hand and say, so be it. Glory to God. It's very interesting. Brenda just used the phrase, peacemaker. And I wrote in my notes as she was ministering, be a peacemaker not a strife starter. And we will never be a maker of peace or a peacemaker if we're not living in the peace of God. In other words, if it's not really operational, functional in my life, I can't go into a situation and say, peace be still. Because I myself am not still. Just hang with me just a moment. The other thing the Spirit of the Lord gave me during this beautiful message is that what you are full of is transmittable. What we are full of is transmittable. And there are things that we can do to accommodate greater peace in our life having no care but living for God and living in the very presence of God opens a door for greater peace presence and peace flow together and I thought of this scripture grace and peace can grow and be multiplied in my life and in your life through the knowledge of God, through the epinosis, through that intimate, exact knowledge, not a head knowledge, but a knowledge that comes from really that I may know you. That I may come to a greater, greater place of peace and presence through the very knowledge of God. And another thing that will happen in our lives is if we will activate what has been preached tonight by declaring, I am full of peace. I'm settled. I'm established. I am not moved. I am full of peace. Oh, hallelujah. Say it me. I'm full of peace. And when we live this out, we carry peace. And people that are full of peace will say, peace, be still. Come on, somebody. They will say, peace, be still. And the storms will cease. Peace be still in the marriage. Peace be still in our community. Peace be still 
in our nation. Blessed are the peacemakers, the ones that are filled with all the fullness of God. Honey, that was so good tonight. Let's raise our hands and give God praise for what we've heard tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When you're in faith, you've got to be in peace. When you're in faith, must be in joy. Hallelujah. Say it with me, for the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever.